1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Walker, who just barreled through it, and one of the best arms in baseball makes him pay. Corey Seager smashes a ball down the line. Goodbye. Three to nothing, Texas. Second of the World Series for Corey Seager, and boy, his home runs get out in a hurry. The one-two from Leclerc finishes off a one-two-three-nine. And what a Texas turnaround here in Game 3. From losing 9-1 in Game 2 to winning 3-1 and retaking the lead in the series. Going to have to go ahead and make adjustments to what he's comfortable with. Tuned to the end zone. Touchdown. Caden Davis got free in the back of the end zone. And Tune found him. The Cardinals within a point. <laughs> Watching games while studying for this game all at the same time. Play action, rollout, Dobbs unleashes, intercepted once again, Geno Stone. Third straight game with a pick and his league high fifth INT. You have got to be kidding me. Henderson gets away. Henderson stays on his feet. There he goes. Travion Henderson, touchdown Ohio State. 33 yards and a dagger. Part of that's Laporta, and part of that's just really good coaching by Ben Johnson and how he teaches these receivers to run routes. They put two seconds back on the clock. There he is, the rookie, Laporta, and the Lions have their first touchdown of the night. Fourth and 22. Mahomes getting away from Benito and then just heaving it downfield, and it's intercepted. Picked off by Justin Simmons. Fifth time he's gotten Mahomes in his career. The Chiefs are out of timeouts and Denver will take over. Career start, Nick Anderson, five straight games with a receiving touchdown as Gabriel fires. It's intercepted going the other way. Melo Dotson to the house. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 31st edition. October 31st, Halloween. One of my least favorite days of the year. What a stupid tradition Halloween is. Okay, I'm done with that till next year. Okay, to the uh, welcome to the Tuesday, October 31st edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Diamondbacks, do they win tonight's bullpen game? Uh, the Cardinals, should Clayton Toon start ahead of uh, at Cleveland, start ahead of Josh Dobbs. Also, the CFP, who should be ranked number one tonight. The Lions, are they NFC contenders? 
Last call. What stood out from the now football weekend past, and what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, our weekly fantasy football discussion. Lots of quarterback waiver wire talk with all the injuries to starting quarterbacks on Sunday. John McKechnie scheduled to join us from rotowire.com. 9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. That will include uh, some Diamondbacks and Rangers Game 3 analysis. And then the final segment of the sports zone will be the National Roundup topped by the latest line for World Series Game 4 and also from the M- uh, the NFL Monday Night Football Scoreboard. Another bad Monday night game last night. All right, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And as usually, as usual, here we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, who wins tonight's Game 4 bullpen game, Arizona or Texas? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Right now, the D-backs leading 67% of the vote there. Rangers at 33% on KDUS1060.com. On Monday night, the Diamondbacks' aggressiveness was a significant issue with Christian Walker thrown out at home with nobody out in the second inning. And the offense seeing just 114 total pitches in the 3-1 Game 3 loss. All right, today's Twitter poll question. Should Clayton Toon be the starting quarterback ahead of Joshua Dobbs for the Cardinals on Sunday at Cleveland? And Corey, what's going on here? Leading right now is yes, 59.3% of the vote there. No at 40.7% of the vote right now on KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter. Jonathan Gannon less than 24 hours after saying that Dobbs would start in his return to Cleveland announced on Monday that Toon will get his first NFL regular season start if Kyler Murray is not ready to make his season debut. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, today is the first day of the uh, 2023 college football playoff rankings, which historically for many years has meant almost nothing in six weeks when we get the final week and the final four for the college football playoff. So who should be ranked number one in tonight's first CFP rankings of 2023? Meanwhile, the Lions dominated the Raiders, but Jared Goff threw a pick six, and the Lions left many points in the field, and quite frankly, they were not impressive during their 26-14 victory over the lowly Raiders. Are the Lions legitimate NFC contenders? So, the football week is over now. Uh, Saturday's college slate is anticipated lack drama, except for Kansas ending Oklahoma's unbeaten season hopes. And also, uh, on Sunday, the NFL Week Number 8 included Patrick Mahomes, the worst game of his career, in fact, and he lost for the first time ever against the Broncos. So once again, today is last call for anything to do with the football weekend past college and or pro. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the, uh, the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060, 
or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by our weekly fantasy football update. John McKechnie from rotowire.com scheduled to join us. Five starting quarterbacks left games on Sunday because of injury. I thought when Jimmy G took that low hit last night, it was going to be six, but he hung in the game. Uh, He was horrible in the game, but he managed to finish the game. But uh, it was certainly... uh, Rarely in this segment over the years have we actually started with quarterbacks, but we're going to start with quarterbacks today. Uh, so stay tuned for that and the usual waiver wire peruse of positions uh, throughout the fantasy football world. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also some local roundup that will be topped by the Diamondbacks and Rangers game three analysis from last night. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD 2 100.7. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude, Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Back to the Sports Center with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show. Live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Today's uh, it's dead, trade deadline day today. And also quarterback injuries uh, certainly dominate this week's NFL and fantasy football discussion. Out to the KDUS uh, hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Center by John McKechnie. Uh, John's weekly appearance here, John from rotowire.com. And, John, uh, the trade deadline, I'm sure that uh, some people are probably nervous about this. Uh, Less than four hours away, are there some uh, players mentioned in trade rumors that fantasy owners should be following closely or be nervous about? Well, I I hate to to be a bit of a a buzzkill, but but the NFL (laughs) – uh, its trade deadline really lags behind the NBA and the MLB as far as the excitement on deadline day. Now, we're, we are starting to see some movement. Uh, Montez Sweat uh, getting traded to the Chicago Bears that earlier today um, is certainly a, a signal to, to that end. But um, I, I find that a lot of the time uh, the, the trade rumors are essentially fan fiction. Like, uh, oh, yes. Derrick Henry. What would he look like in a Ravens uniform? Like, why would they? Why would they trade a second-round pick for a rental when they are running the ball pretty well as it is? You, you know, like stuff like that. Um, but I, I could see the Chiefs potentially making a move for for an outside receiver if there is one available. Obviously, that that'll be a little bit tricky, um, considering that uh, maybe the best one that that could be available is Jerry Judy. He's in the division, so you, you you're a little bit dubious on those two. Uh, doing business during the season, that that type of thing. But Jerry Judy um, is a possibility. Um, I do wonder if Jamison Williams would be someone that that uh, the the Lions would take calls on after how uh, uh, rocky his tenure in Detroit has been uh, to, to this point, uh, to to say the least. But uh, I'm not expecting anything on a McCaffrey level. 
um, for fantasy purposes uh, from, from deadline day. But, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we get a little bit of excitement here. And I, I could certainly hope for the Vikings potentially making a move for, for a quarterback. That, that of course, is very interesting uh, in light of Kirk Cousins going down with his Achilles injury. Speaking of that, uh, you know, is it certainly a bad injury week for quarterbacks for Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Tyrod Taylor, all leaving games on Sunday because of injury? Uh, rarely have I started this uh, segment with quarterbacks over the years, but I think we have to today. So we'll start. Uh, what what percentage of Fab budget should be directed at Will Levis after uh, you know his performance on Sunday? Yeah, I watched a lot of him at uh, Kentucky, and uh, you know there, there were a lot of passes that weren't near anybody, receivers or defenders, but he was really good on Sunday, so I'm guessing he's a, a hot property in the waiver wire this week. He absolutely is, and then the timing along with um, with some buys coming up this week yeah. to you know uh, starter-level quarterbacks uh, among the four teams on a buy. Uh, Levis's performance in, in and of itself, the, the potential for him starting for the Titans the rest of the season and the injuries to, to uh, other uh, notable fantasy starting quarterbacks. Um, all of that uh, has created kind of a perfect storm for, for Will Levis as a uh, free agent option this week. So it, it depends on, on uh, you know, how rough your lineup is looking uh, either for this week or going forward, depending on if you had someone like a Kirk Cousins or, or if you just need to kind of get through this one week without Trevor Lawrence or, or Brock Purdy, something uh, like that. But I would I would be comfortable ponying up over 20% of my free agent budget if I needed to on Will Levis. Um, I think that uh, what he did on Sunday was, was essentially the perfect distillation of what his optimists could have hoped for. Um, co- coming into the pre-draft process, I know, I know he caught a lot of flack. Um, he – he uh, was kind of rumored to be the, the second overall pick like as of the day of the draft, and all of a sudden he doesn't sure. even get drafted until the second round. That was an all-time uh, rug pull. He's got the kind of crazy social media antics, eating the bananas with the peel on it, uh, <laughs> having mayonnaise in his coffee, all that sort of funky, uh, weird stuff. But, hey, what he did on Sunday was amazing. Uh, he's a toolsy guy. Um, like you said, it, it, it takes him some time to dial it in. Um, the, the accuracy is probably never going to be a strong suit of his, but he's a fearless guy. Um, he's very athletic, and he can absolutely push the ball down the field. It has completely revitalized my expectation for DeAndre Hopkins and, I guess, generally that this Titans passing game going forward. I, I expect there to be a learning curve at some point o- along the road here, and things will correct. He's not going to throw for four touchdowns every single week, but – uh, what we saw on Sunday was unbelievably impressive to him. By the way, uh, the four teams on by this week are Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, and San Francisco. We're talking with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. Uh, any other quarterbacks out there other than Levis that uh, you know, might be worth a shot this week? As we mentioned, you've got a lot of injuries and in the four teams on by. All four of those quarterbacks are at least in two quarterback leagues. So uh, I, I know the, there's the two quarterback or super flex stipulation kind of makes anyone with a pulse ha- have some value, but I'm not uh, quite ready to go there on someone like a Jaron Hall um, or, or uh, obviously a Tommy DeVito after what uh, the position that he was put in uh, this past week. Uh, poor guy. Um, but I, I do expect Daniel Jones to be back before too long, so um, that, that should 
kind of neutralize the need to, to even think about rostering uh, one Tommy DeVito. But um, it's interesting that, that uh, Desmond Ritter uh, cleared concussion protocol during Sunday's game, but, but Taylor Heineke uh, t- took over that offense the rest of the mm. way. I know that, that Ritter has been kind of a frustrating guy for, for the Falcons and for fantasy, um, you know, not really maximizing the likes of, of B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you, you name it. it. It hasn't really been there as far as funneling it to, to the kind of star talent uh, players in that offense. Maybe Taylor Heineke could, could be able to, to fix that a little bit. So he's a speculative ad. Um, beyond that, if, if Stafford, is, if his thumb injury is of enough concern, Brett Rippon, I suppose, would, would fit the bill. And then uh, my, my galaxy brain one uh, would, would be Jameis Winston uh, in the event that he gets traded to the Vikings, which I, I just, frankly, I just want to put that out in the universe. I'd love to see that. I think that'd be fun. So, yeah, I've always kind of, you know, you know, Jameis, I don't know if I like if he were on my favorite team. I don't know if I'd like him, but fantasy wise, I've always tried to get Jameis Winston. So, I hope that happens. That would be that would be interesting. Uh, all right, let's get to some wide receivers here. Uh, anybody out there this week? Uh, you know, out there in a good way, I guess. Uh, so, but uh, I don't have a real extensive list of questions as far as wide receivers this week. How about you? That, that is totally understandable, um, but um, there, there have been some ascending players and, and players that we need to pay attention to a little bit more. And in probably shower leagues, like in your in your home league, um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Rashid Shahid is someone that, that uh, is available on waiver wires. If he is, go ahead and scoop him. I think he's, he's the priority one. I think pretty much after this past week, he'll be rostered in, in almost all formats. He's an impressive deep threat. Uh, there in New Orleans. I, I do want to keep an eye on New England's uh, pass-catching group. Hendrick Bourne going down uh, with, with an injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season is it, a huge bummer. We, we obviously know that the, the Patriots aren't the most explosive uh, passing offense out there, but it could unlock uh, some more opportunities here moving forward for DeMario Douglas or one-time you know, dynasty football uh, darling, Keishon Butte, the, the rookie out of LSU, I do <laughs> yeah. wonder if he's going to start to get a little bit of playing time. Maybe I'm just wish casting because I do have him on a dynasty team. Um, but um, I, I, he, he was a talented player. He's amazing uh, at times at, at LSU, but obviously kind of fell flat, fell in the draft, and didn't uh, have the best training camp with, with New England. But they, they might just, out of necessity, especially with Devontae Parker also being in concussion protocol, um, they might need to elevate him and, and start getting him um, a bit of a role. Um, but beyond that, uh, Jameson Crowder look, looked good th- this past week. Well, I, I don't know if that will continue once Curtis Samuel gets back, but that, that's certainly uh, something to keep an eye on. And then I think Houston, uh, with Robert Woods going out, Noah Brown did get uh, the, the, the kind of next man up treatment. But I'm lightly intrigued in, in Xavier Hutchinson, the, the rookie out of Iowa State, I think he's a talented player, big body guy that with uh, really good possession skills. Um, so it wouldn't completely shock me if he works his way into a role in his own right. And then I don't know how long this will last, but Jake Bobo is producing. Um, again, it, it's uh, it's hard to uh, expect that to continue too much longer, especially when you're competing for targets with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba scoring the big touchdown this, this past weekend. But Bobo is kind of useful as a wide receiver for there. Um, they do have to go to Baltimore this week, so this might not be the best offensive projection week for the Seahawks, but Bobo cer- certainly, uh, I guess, on the radar, if nothing else. 
Yeah, Johan Dotson, um, is he too rostered to be included in this discussion? He kind of rose from the fantasy dead on Sunday against the Eagles. Uh, he is not because everyone rage dropped him uh, last, last, this time last week. Everyone was like, I'm done with this guy. He's toast. What were we thinking? What were we doing? I can't believe that he was getting drafted ahead of Terry McLaurin at, at the end of draft season. I also can't believe that, but that's another discussion. But Dotson was awesome last year. I think it's it just Washington was sort of a forgotten team. Uh, but Dotson, a really impressive rookie season from him. And, and obviously it got off to a slow start. This year, new offense, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, uh, all of that, um, it, it led to some kind of dud weeks, of course. But Dotson, extremely talented player. I think that we're going to that, – that hopefully will be the start of, of him uh, being a fantasy factor here uh, down the stretch. So if he is available, I, I firmly uh, put the stamp on picking him up. Tight ends, uh, I assume the fantasy owners are uh, in the hot demand for the Cardinals' Trey McBride, who actually was running more routes uh, before Zach Ertz got hurt. The last couple of games they both played, McBride was, you know, like I said, running more routes than he, Ertz was even then. I'm not even sure if Ertz is going to play again this year for the Cardinals. I'm not either. Um, so, so McBride definitely should have been on people's uh, radar going into this past weekend, but uh, definitely now, and, and we're getting closer and closer to Kyler returning. Um, I think that's really going to help open up the offense. I don't know if he's going to pepper uh, McBride with 14 targets the way that uh, he, he was uh, set up this past weekend against Baltimore. Um, straight comment, uh, I didn't quite think that, uh, that he kept his forward progress going, but, hey, for fantasy purposes, they gave him the touchdown. It was all, it was all gravy from, from there, right? But – um, you know, he, he's a talented player. He's someone that, um, you know, was essentially the entire Colorado State offense his last year in college. So mm-hmm. he's, he's a good player. Um, I, I know that uh, last year's draft class wasn't like the uh, one that you're going to point to at, at the tight end position, certainly not compared to like this past year where you have uh, Laporta and Mayer and Kincaid and all those guys. But McBride is solid. Uh, we always say that, that avoiding rookie tight ends is, is usually a good move. McBride's in his second year. He clearly has the role. He's running those routes like you alluded to. Um, he is the, the premier uh, pickup at the tight end position this week. And the good news is that blocking does not play a role in fantasy football because he doesn't block anybody. Uh, we're talking with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Uh, the running back. Usually we do this first, but uh, I'm going to go last with running backs today. Uh, who tips? Uh, who tops? He tried to say uh, the waiver wire running back list for this week. Um, it's it's tough out there. That there probably aren't a ton of options. That I think maybe if there's some movement in, in the uh, in the trade deadline, that uh, that this position suddenly becomes a little bit more lively, but. At this stage, it's some retreads. Um, you know, you, you could take a look at, at Royce Freeman, uh, although he was probably picked up last week, and whoever scooped him, uh, probably not letting him go just yet. But Cam Akers, the former Ram, he's looked a little bit better than Alexander Madison since starting to, to work his way into a role. Um, and Devin Singletary as well. Um, if I had to have a Galaxy Brain one for, for the running back position, Keaton Mitchell uh, for the Ravens of mentioned him earlier in the season when he was on injured reserve missed last week's game after tweaking his hamstring in his debut but he's not excited to be out for super long justice hill is kind of a a nothing 
in this offense. Gus Edwards obviously doing extremely well for his own part, but Mitchell does have that pass-catching element and that speed element that Edwards mostly lacks. So I, I am lightly intrigued in Mitchell if, like, you know, if, if nothing else than to just get a stash uh, where I've been kind of having a, a total dead spot at the end of my bench. Okay, I can't even believe I'm bringing this name up, but I am. Uh, Leonard Fournette in Buffalo, is, does that matter to us? I don't think so. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, a, it's an offense that, A, doesn't get a ton of usage to its running backs, and, and B, you know, what Fournette was good for for fantasy these last few years was, was catching passes, and James Cook right now is better at, as a pass catcher and a lot more explosive in the open field than than, uh, than Leonard Fournette is. And then in the short yardage stuff, which I was you know dubious on James Cook coming into the season, Latavius Murray does an okay job with that. Maybe he fell flat enough uh, on Thursday night against the Bucks to, to kind of make them feel like they had to get another um, secondary piece behind James Cook, obviously with Damian Harris being sidelined right now. Um, but I have a hard time envisioning uh, Lenny being much more than a, much more of a uh, fantasy force this year, and, and more of just like a fantasy annoyance that, that might poach a couple opportunities from Cook here or there. All right, I did not get to see this game live because I was uh, in Glendale watching uh, your Ravens toy with the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. But Javante Williams got thirty touches. What what's up with that? That that was crazy. That was definitely a, a change from from their previous trend, and it's it's frustrating uh, now that they're on a bye this week because you know that was their best game of the season. They hadn't beaten yeah. uh, the Chiefs, I don't think, in the Mahomes era. I don't, I don't believe so. That was just correct. Kind of two two thousand and fifteen. They like two thousand and fifteen is the last time they beat them. <laughs> so long <laughs> time. Boy, uh, that's a that's a long time ago. But um, you know, Javante Williams getting the 27 carries, getting the three catches, um, super encouraging. He had gotten 15 carries and ran well with them uh, the week prior. Um, but, you know, th- this certainly is, is a huge green light for him going forward. They, they get Buffalo coming out of the bye, and then you get Minnesota, Cleveland, and Houston. So things are definitely trending up for, for Javante Williams. It always felt kind of ridiculous that, that the idea of Jaleel McLaughlin or Samaj Piran would actually uh, take work off of Williams' plate. If Williams was, was 100%, it looks like he is now. We're, we're about a year removed from, from that injury, so uh, it should be all systems go for Javante going forward. Okay, John, I don't have much more here. You got anything you want to add? It just seems to be kind of a slow week as far as the waiver wire and so forth. It, it is a bit slow, so I, I apologize for not having a ton to add after our uh, covering of, of uh, each of the fantasy-relevant positions, but – uh, very excited for uh, this weekend's slate of games. We got some awesome ones. We got the Eagles yeah. going up against the Cowboys. We we got the suddenly potentially red hot Bengals going up against the Bills uh, on Sunday Night Football. I cannot wait for that game. So uh, a lot to look forward to in, in this week. And, and you know, for for the locals uh, that are tuning in, of course, uh, I look forward to to Kyler Murray hopefully getting back here in these next two weeks as well. Yeah, if I had to guess, and you know, I'm not positive about this because Jonathan Gannon is as tight-lipped about injuries as any coach that has ever been here, in, at least since I've been around, which is 20-some years. So who knows when Kyler Murray is going to play, but I don't think it's going to be this week against Cleveland in Cleveland. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, he, he was very noncommittal 
uh, yesterday at this press conference, and noncommittal is understating it somewhat. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, John, so how can the folks get a hold of you and hear uh, you know, hear what you have to say on the uh, airwaves? Uh, not, not in this fantastic segment every week. You have other fantastic segments and other, other areas of, the, of uh, radio and podcast. It's true. I do. Um, so you can, yes. you can check me out on the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast on Thursdays, although this week we're running it a little bit early. Got some travel. A uh, Roadwire colleague of mine is getting married on Friday, so I got to travel on Thursday. So that podcast will, will be out uh, live streamed on Wednesday. We, we just do the full breakdown of, of the entire slate of games. And then I also do um, a Roadwire podcast. Uh, Rotowire NFL betting podcast with Nick Whalen, the one who's getting married this week. Very excited for him. Uh, that that oh, wow. comes out every Thursday as well. Um, so all your betting needs, all your fantasy needs, we, we got that covered. And then if you play college football DFS, I also have weekly uh, breakdowns of the DraftKings main slate that comes out on Fridays. All right, John, good stuff as always. Talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Have fun. Cheers. Thanks again. Happy Halloween. Okay, thank you very much. Happy Halloween. Uh, next segment of your phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, we'll have today's local roundup. That will definitely include, depending on phone call time, for sure we're going to get in some Diamondbacks and uh, Rangers game three from last night. Not a lot of action, so to speak. Uh, the Diamondbacks were just way too aggressive in many ways. I'll get into that. I also think that Brandon Fott kind of maybe saved them for the next couple of days. And uh, I don't think that needs much explanation if you watch the game. And or even if you didn't, uh, you know that he ended up pitching five-plus innings, which I think is very important for the next two days. So those are some of the things I'll get to. And once again, uh, 602-260-1060, general discussion if you want to jump aboard. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. All right, welcome back to the sports show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. You got time to get in, plenty of time, in fact, in this segment. If you would like, uh, my segment with John a little shorter than usual because let's be, you know, we're, we're honest on this show. Whether it's, uh, you know, we're always going to drag out a segment that didn't have a whole lot of uh, news other than the quarterbacks. Uh, so we got a little extra time in this segment if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. All right, the Diamondbacks' uh, aggressiveness, I think, got them beat on Monday night at the plate. Uh, they swung frequently at pitchers, er, uh, pitches early in the count and out of the zone. For the game, they only had 32 at-bats in the game. That's a very low number. They only had 114 pitches. Uh, that's an extreme low number also. Uh, the Rangers only had to throw 114 pitches in that game. And the 3-1 to World Series Game 3 loss for the Diamondbacks to the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers, of course, had a couple of key injuries in this game. I'll get to that in a couple of moments here. Uh, first up, uh, the Rangers are now an amazing 8-0 and on the road in the postseason. Former Arizona first-round draft pick Max Scherzer started. He pitched three shutout innings before he left with back issues. More on him also in a second, a little more detail. Uh, he was you know, Scherzer was certainly helped by Christian Walker 
his uh, you know baffling base running decision in the second inning, running through the stop sign at third base and thrown out easily home for the first out of the inning by Adolis Garcia, who has one of the strongest throwing arms of all of baseball. That was just a, as I mentioned, baffling decision there by Christian Walker. Yeah, you know, um, I've you know, talked to a friend about this. Uh, actually, during the game last night, he just kind of made a joke that, well, Walker's been on base so free- infrequently lately, he doesn't know how to run the bases anymore. Uh, Scherzer, uh, who was making his 30th postseason appearance, uh, you know, he remains 9-0 and in his career against Arizona. After uh, he left because of a back injury, but after he left, John Gray, I thought this was the key to the entire game, pitched three dominant innings. He allowed one run, zero walks, three strikeouts. And once again, the Diamondbacks' aggressiveness really hurt them here, and Gray took advantage of that. He only needed 30 pitches to pitch the three innings, 25 strikes. He got nine outs on 30 pitches uh, because the Diamondbacks were up there basically hacking at everything. Brandon fought. I think it was the most important Diamondback last night. He allowed three runs on four hits, two walks, four strikeouts, threw one really bad pitch, even though it was not a fastball. He threw a changeup, and Corey Seager hit that first pitch uh, changeup out of the ballpark for a two-run homer. But fought through 87 pitches, 55 of those were strikes. Most importantly, fought in the scoreboard, allowed Torrey Lovello to basically save his top-line relievers. Uh, for the next two nights, remember this is a stretch where they play three consecutive days. You know they play the first two games. If it's a seven-game series, they played the you know, Friday and Saturday in Texas. Had Sunday off, play three days here, then have another day off, and then they play the final two games in Texas. If it's a seven-game series, so statistically speaking, the Diamondbacks in Game Two, two. I know what I'm saying here for a change. The game two, they actually scored seven runs with two outs in that game. Last night, they scored zero runs with two outs. They were two for seven with runners in scoring position. And one of those hits was the Tommy Pham single when Walker was foolishly thrown out at home plate. So that didn't score a run at all. So that was uh, the second hit that actually did score a run. But that's uh, those numbers are not uh, conducive to winning baseball, basically. All right, personnel news. Uh, Texas lost Scherzer and Adolis Garcia to injuries during the game. Scherzer, after the game, said he had uh, he's been having back spasms and uh, would know more about his availability. You know, he would be in line to pitch Game Seven if it wasn't for what happened yesterday. But uh, Scherzer thought he would knew would know what he thought he would know what his status is going to be moving forward in this series over the next forty eight hours. My guess is if Scherzer can't pitch if there's a Game 7, that John Gray would take that spot. Meanwhile, Garcia left in the eighth inning with uh, you know, right side tightness. Uh, he grabbed his uh, side after his swing in the top of that inning, and that ended the inning, and he went down the runway. And apparently, according to Ken Rosenthal, during the broadcast, he crumbled in the runway while he was just trying to walk to the clubhouse. He did have an MRI postgame. I just checked again a couple of minutes ago. I haven't seen any results uh, released of what the MRI was for him. Bruce Bochy did say after the game, we're being optimistic, uh, but we'll know more tomorrow, which is now today. I'm guessing that you know, the Rangers already know what's going on, but they don't meet with the media until this afternoon, nor should they. Uh, you know, I mean, Somebody might report this, and like I said, I just looked, t- checked a couple of minutes ago, and I haven't seen anything this morning on this. 
So uh, that's certainly something to follow because, needless to say, not just an all-star player during the regular season. He was the uh, you know, American League Championship Series most valuable player. I believe he'd had a home run in, what, five consecutive games until Saturday night. Uh, so he's a big-time guy for them. They moved him up to three and, uh, number three hole in the lineup last night. Uh, so and obviously he plays right field and is a gold glove player in right field in addition. So up next tonight, it's a bullpen game for both teams. I'm sure this will go over well with the uh, MLB offense because, office because they're already upset that there's too many you know, openers and you know, non-starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. So tonight's scheduled starting pitchers are Joe Mantiply, who I can't imagine would not uh, they would pitch not pitch more than one inning, and Andrew Heaney. At least he has Heaney has a starting history. Uh, you know, throughout his Major League Baseball career for the most part, including a large chunk of this season with the Texas Rangers. So those are the, quote, starting pitchers for tonight. Also in today's local roundup, the 2-1 Suns uh, tonight host the uh, the 1-2 Spurs. Not exactly, uh, you know, it's th- four games into the season, so there's no such thing in October or November, or anything, in my opinion, before like the playoff start is a showdown in the NBA. But they play tonight, not like it used to be back in the day when those you know, Suns and Spurs games, you would look forward to those games, but not this one. Bradley Beal at the back uh, has missed the first three Suns games, and uh, he uh, not expected to play tonight. Devin Booker, the foot, has play, not played the last two games. Uh, as of Monday afternoon, I saw that Booker was listed as questionable, so we'll see if he plays tonight against the Spurs. Meanwhile, looking ahead to the weekend, the 1-7 Cardinals are eight-point road underdogs against the 4-3 and three Browns. In case you missed it in the uh, pipeline today, Ricky Clayton Toon expected to make his first NFL start on Sunday instead of the uh, recently struggling Joshua Dobbs. Uh, who was, uh, you know, of course, you remember the uh, the Cardinals acquired Dobbs from Cleveland in a trade in August, so I'm, I'm assuming and uh, relatively certain that Dobbs was looking forward to going back to Cleveland and starting in this game, but uh, it was Jonathan Gannon announced yesterday during his press conference that it's going to be uh, the Clayton Toon show unless Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback this week, which I think... And once again, I'm speculating here, maybe out of turn. I'm guessing, and you know that that's not going to be likely. Uh, you know, the kind of it seems like the timetable uh, for Murray's return, since he, you know, started the practice again a couple weeks ago, was going to be a week from Sunday when they're home against Atlanta. Okay, let's quickly get to one call here, Robert in Phoenix. Hi, Robert. Only got a couple minutes here, but go ahead. Hey, Bob. Real quickly. Bradley Beal doesn't play. Devin Booker doesn't play. What? What's happening? What? what how do they explain this? Well, that's the NBA. I mean, that's you know, I haven't paid attention to the NBA regular season for a very long time, and it's just uh, you know, get me to the postseason, and I'll start. Pay- I love the postseason. Yeah, once the playoffs start in April, I watch it's, it, not close to every game there is. Uh, but I you know, say this for a long time. LeBron changed everybody's view. 
You used to know walking in on Tuesday night near the end of the season that when it comes Saturday night, it's business. It's, there was NBA teams. You know what I'm saying, Bob? NBA I don't, actually. Teams. Yeah, well. Good afternoon. Okay, uh, or morning, or in the afternoon, for that matter. We had some of the morning left here. Uh, I just don't. I just can't take the. I, I watched an NBA regular season game from start to finish, uh, with the exception of the Suns, who I have to watch. And uh, quite frankly, I've not watched a Suns game yet, starting start to finish this year. And that's strictly because of the Diamondbacks, and they've been playing uh, some of the same times that the Suns have in the last couple of weeks here. But I mean, I just think the NBA regular season is a joke, and I've been saying that for many years. I think that was kind of way ahead of the curve on this. I love the playoffs, but you know I've got no use to paying really any attention to the regular season. All right, well, there are two other quick things here: the six and two Sun Devils, eleven point uh, road underdogs at six and two Utah on Saturday, and the four and three Wildcats are two and a half point home underdogs on Saturday against uh, six and two UCLA. The Wildcats' elation of the Saturday night victory against Oregon State, I think, was tampered a little bit. They knew this was coming, this next thing, on Monday. I don't know if they knew it was coming on Monday, but you know, Tucson, South Point High School, you know, edge rusher Elijah, Elijah Rushing, who was actually ranked by some of the recruiting services as the number one rushing edge rusher tied in in, in, in high school football in the country. Well, he was, uh, yeah, you know, he had committed to the U of A, verbally committed a while ago. He uh, earlier this month said, no, "I'm not going to the U of A." Yesterday, he committed to the University of Oregon. Uh, that would be a bigger blow to the U of A, quite frankly, if Oregon were still staying in the Pac-12. Uh, but Oregon's going to the Big Ten, and of course, the U of A is going to the Big 12 starting next year. But the fact that they could not keep the best high school recruit possibly in the history of Pima County in Pima County and get him to the U of A, this was uh, certainly a setback, a recruiting setback. And that's actually been Jed Fish's best quality. I think he's done a good job getting kids, especially from Southern California, uh, good players into the U of A, but not keeping this kid home is not a good thing. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show at the National Roundup. That'll include uh, Game 3 or Game 4. Game 4. Game 4 is tonight. We'll have the odds for the opener. Uh, if you're betting on this game pregame, you're nuts. Uh, you're desperate. You have a gambling problem if you're betting this game before the game tonight. If you're betting this game at all tonight, it has to be an in-game bet, which you have those options, thank God. Back in the day, not all that long ago, uh, there was no such thing as in-game betting for any sport. Uh, but the, I don't even—I'm not sure where that started. I should know where that started, but I do not know where that started. But anyway, we'll give you the odds for the game, uh, at least as it starts uh, tonight, and then we'll get to a few other things in the national roundup. You're listening to Sports so with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. Listen to rewards for you with the KDUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. 
gonna whip my this really quickly. As always, uh, you, know, you all know who needs to be thanked, but I'll especially thank uh, John McKechnie from rotowire.com uh, for his weekly fantasy football appearance. It's sound today, courtesy of Fox, NBC, CBS, and ESPN. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And uh, on to the national roundup we go. Latest line for today, once again, openers. Andrew Heaney, who does have experience as a major league starter against Joe Mantiply. And this game's basically a pick 'em. Um, now I see a couple places in uh, the state of Nevada, at least, that have the Rangers a small favorite. But as I mentioned in the last segment, if you're betting on this game pre game, you have a gambling problem. Uh, if you're going to bet on this game, wait till the game starts and get involved in some in game betting. The Lions, as you just heard during Corey's update, I'll just add you the, uh, the juicy part here. The game sucked last night. Somebody had to win. The Lions actually didn't even play very well, and they had no problem beating the Raiders, quite frankly. Uh, in addition, James Harden was actually traded today or last 24 hours by the Clippers, uh, to the Clippers by the 76ers. So that drama is over. I'm sure that it'll be a matter of days before Harden is pissed off about something in his new team in Los Angeles with the Clippers, and we'll have more James Harden drama because it never goes away, no matter what team he plays for. All right, on that note, this has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow from 9 to 10. And don't forget the extra point follows tomorrow from 10 to noon, hosted by Kayla. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.